How do we stop and notice that incredible, holy things happen to us every day? My name is Rabbi Lauren Holtzblatt, and this is Awake, Finding the Holy in the Everyday. When you listen, I hope you'll take a few minutes to pause, to open yourself to the possibility that holiness, connection, and presence are around us all of the time. Hi, everybody. It's good to be with you this week. Coming to you live again from my basement during our time of quarantine. I've been thinking about Shavuot this week. This week we begin Shavuot on Thursday evening, and it was a practice of the Hasidic rabbis to stay up all night to study Torah into the wee hours of the morning. It was begun by Rabbi Isaac Loria, and has continued into what we call Tikkun Lel Shavuot, the Tikkun that we do on the evening of Shavuot. And something I've been thinking about a lot this week is that I generally try to make my podcasts very uplifting. I want you to have moments of beauty and of magical encounter within each day. And so I speak a lot about smelling the roses or building love over fear or those magical moments that sometimes we let slip. But I do want to keep it real with you. That's one of my goals as a rabbi is to really be real about my life and all of our lives so that we don't feel like we have to hide any of it. And so this week I'm thinking about tshuva. I'm thinking about repentance. And the reason I'm thinking about that is because there is a famous teaching by the Besht, the Baal Shem Tov, the leader of the modern Hasidic movement, that before B'nai Yisrael could receive Torah, before they could stand at Mount Sinai, they traveled to Refidim. And the reason they traveled to Refidim was so that they could do tshuva. They could get their souls prepared for the receiving of Torah. And the Besht interpreted through the Piazetsna Rebbe, the Warsaw Ghetto, the rabbi of the Warsaw Ghetto. They say this, they say that Torah is like kimatar, it is like rain. And just as rain penetrates a seed and allows the seed, the growth, the ability to grow and to push through the soil, that is what Torah does. And so whatever is hiding deep inside our souls, the things that are panimut, that are internal inside of us, Torah grows those things. And if those things are, the Piazetsna says, if those things are dvarim tovim, those are wonderful things, then Torah grows those. It can grow our charity and it can grow our ability to imagine and it can grow our empathy. But if those things are ra'im, those things are, let's say, less than good parts of ourselves, that Torah can also magnify those. Torah is the great magnifier. That's what it does. Kimatar. It is just like rain. And so I've been thinking about that because the Piazetsna says that before we reach Shavuot, we have to do tshuva. We have to work on our souls so that when we get to that mountain of Sinai and we're standing beneath the mountain, 
We have the best parts of ourselves ready to receive and to grow. And those parts of ourselves that are less than dignified are minimized so that those don't become the seeds of what Torah fills. And so in my internal work, which many do during this period of the Omer, from the counting of the second day of Pesach to Shavuot, Uh, The quarantine has given me many chances to kind of look at my behavior because we are in the four walls of our homes and we are watching ourselves do things that sometimes, oh man, I'm not so proud of. I'm going to name a few today without being too specific. (laughs) Um, I can be a nag. I can be a nag to my family. You know, I, I clean up and I see things that are out of place and I can get into those places in myself where I have no patience for people who leave things on the floor or don't put their dishes in the dishwasher. And it gets to me. And then that spirit gets to everybody else in my household. And sometimes, you know, I'm a person who lives with a lot of anxiety internally. It's just one of those qualities I was born with. And in my good days, I can transform that anxiety into a tremendous amount of energy to be able to stick work, work on the things that I need to work on, whether it's translating texts or writing sermons or contacting congregants and connecting. And on my worst days, uh, the anxiety can get to me and it can fill me and it can overflow into the members of my family that I live with. And I say these things to you because I don't want you to think that every part of ourselves should be so perfect and so intricate and that every part of this quarantine is about smelling the roses. It's not. Sometimes it's about looking at the pieces of ourselves that are less than wonderful, things that we would like to minimize, things that we would like to transform into something else and that we don't always have the ability in the moment to do whether that's being angry, being anxious, whether that's living under fear, whether that's parts of ourselves that, you know, my whole life I've dealt with depression. And there are moments that I can control it and moments that are less controllable than I would like. And part of my being honest here is to say that before we get to that mountain of Sinai, that we take some moments to think about what are the pieces of myself that I wanna magnify. And what are the pieces of myself that I would like to see energy transformed into some other thing? How can I use that energy in a different way than it's manifesting currently? Not only do we do that, but God does that. God does that, the rabbis tell us, in the beginning of creating the world. There's a collection of midrashim called Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer. And in that midrash, that collection of midrashim, There's a beautiful midrash about when God was creating the world. It says, Ad shaloni raolam hayah hakodesh baruchu ushmoa gadol bilvad. Before the world was created, the Holy One, blessed be God, with God's name alone, God existed. And thought, machshava, thought arose in God to create the world. Now, before I go on with this midrash, I want to tell you that that machshava, that thought, Right, that that thinking that God wanted to create the world, that is what the Svirot or the early writers of the Svirot 
think about as chokhmah. There was chokhmah, there was wisdom, there was the kernel of a thought to create the world. And they base it on this midrash. So that's one of the svirot of the svirah of chokhmah. This is where it comes from, that first thought that God had to create the world. God began to trace the foundations of the world before God's self, but it would not stand. There's a parable that's told to what is this matter like? To a king who wishes to build a palace for himself. If he had not traced in the earth its foundations, its exits and its entrances, he does not begin to build. So he needs a master plan in order to create the world. He's got to figure out where are people going to enter and where are people going to exit. Just like that, just like that, that's how God does it. God, the blessed Holy One, was tracing the plans of the world before God's self, but it did not remain standing. I mean, the world could not remain standing. God could not make the world stand until God created tshuva, until God created repentance. Such a beautiful text of thinking that the foundation of the world is created from tshuva. And what does that mean? That means that the world can't survive without some mechanism for us to be able to think deeply about who we are and to evolve and to transform the parts of ourselves that are less than holy into something even better, to an energy we can use in an even better way. And what it says is that every single thing on the world, every single thing, needs tshuva. It needs the ability to transform and to become better. Whether that's you or me, I even think sometimes about the earth and the sense that the earth has to evolve and it doesn't stay the same. Evolution occurs because things need to transform with time. We are not a static planet, and nor is God static. And that, I hope, brings us comfort that even if there are things that you are struggling with through this pandemic, things that have become old vintage parts of yourself, things that unfortunately these days we have less distraction to think about or to not think about, right, to to walk away from, we are really stuck inside our own our own internal palaces. And what I want to offer you today is that we're all in this boat together. This world could not have been, been created without tshuva, which means that every single one of us needs it, has the ability to work on it, and none of us are struggling with this alone. And so before we enter that mountain of Sinai on Thursday night, I want to offer you a few days to just think about what are the parts of yourself that you want to grow, that you want that Torah to come like rain and to blossom. And what are the parts of yourself that you'd like to transform into something else and allow them to grow in a different way? I want to wish you strength on the journey, and I look forward to seeing you at Sinai. Thank you so much for listening. Before I go, you can always check out more episodes at addisisrael.org slash awake or on Apple Podcasts. 
please make sure to hit subscribe. Rate us five stars and leave a review to let us know you like the show. It helps us to get the word out. Finally, you can email us at awake at addisisrael.org to give feedback about the show. Let us know what you like and what you want to hear more of. Thank you for listening. And I'm wishing you a holy encounter this week.